Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I'm Ken. Welcome back, Ken. Yes, it's, I'm feeling tired and emotional after a, <laughs> an overwrought few weeks. Yes, uh, but now the autumn nights are drawing in and Christmas is fast approaching. Yay! Hey. And with that in mind, it's over to you <laughs> for this week's subject. Well, it's a pre-festive special. Everyone's a little bit racist. <laughs> Everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. A few months ago, we went to see Avenue Q at <laughs> Chorley Little Theatre. It was an amateur production of a fantastic musical, which I cannot remember who wrote it, but I assume it's somebody in America. And it's basically a colossal parody of Sesame Street. <laughs> but um, it's not for kids. <laughs> and it's filmed with songs. Basically, the whole play uh, or the whole musical just examines the human condition through various scenarios. There's a character that is coming to terms with the fact that he is gay. <laughs> he refuses to acknowledge it even to himself, even though everyone else is clearly aware of it. There's social housing problems. There's financial problems. But one of the songs in it is Everyone's a Little Bit Racist. <laughs> and it's a brilliant, really direct, on point nailing that inside each of us, Everyone is a little bit racist, whether you like to admit it or not. Now, I will freely admit that I've got my prejudices. You, you just can't help yourself. It's not that I'm out there hating people of a skin colour, but you you pigeonhole groups, rather not so much races, but you pigeonhole groups of people as being a certain way. Let's take MPs for, as an example. <laughs> you know... You say somebody MP, immediately they think, oh, lying, cheating, bastard politician, that's what they can get. The vast majority aren't like that, but it's a stereotype that that's the automatic way a lot of people's minds go when they think of an MP. That's just one example. And within the context of the play, there are the Japanese woman, she's on about uh, Jewish moneylenders and uh, <laughs> uh, an Italian taxi drivers, et cetera, et cetera. And they all go through how they've all got their little racist views that they might not even be aware that they're doing. Mm. Uh, they're not particularly goose-stepping across Poland <laughs> racism, but... Uh, uh, everybody's got that little spark inside them where you do pigeonhole people of creeds, colours, backgrounds. I just want to know your views on it. Yeah, it, I mean, the, the song in the musical is it's very clever. I mean, the whole musical yeah. is very clever, isn't it? Because you think, ah, yeah, yeah, these people are all singing and they're exposing themselves as being racist. But they don't really mean it. Not when Everyone's not really racist. It's just these, these yes. characters are. But then, as you say, they pull out a number of examples and you think, ah, <laughs> yeah. Actually. <laughs> yeah. And there is that. I mean, we do make assumptions. That it's, even if it's about our race yes. or, you know, about people. So we make assumptions about white men, you know, who are the same age as us. We, you know, well, I, I, you know, I think I could predict just by looking at a picture of that person, how they voted in the yes. last year election. And a lot of that is based on their race um, yes. or the, you know, the skin tone or where they're from. Um, it's not a nice thing and it's not necessarily something that, that we should be proud of. And it's definitely something that we, I think, as society, we're becoming a little bit better at. A, a lot better, mm. yes. But yeah, there are, we notice 
probably more of our parents' generation. I'm not talking specifically about our, our parents. parents. <laughs> but, but, you know, if, they, if you're talking about somebody and you mention the name and they've got a, I don't know, an Asian-sounding surname. Mm. They, so with certain people, it's the, the eye roll. Or, yes. Yeah. And, and it all comes from the, the biases that are based on people's experiences that have just been passed on. And our racist attitudes, our biases that we have... Um, <laughs> I completely lost the end of that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> well, they are a lot. Uh, the the margins are a lot narrower now. I know people in their eighties. You know, there's one in particular. You know, be eighty two, eighty three now. You know, them bloody eggnogs. They should get back to where they came from. They're a dying breed. People with that yes. attitude. Um, people don't talk like that anymore. I I don't know any, but I've known a, a vast, wide range of of people from all different backgrounds. I don't know anyone that would talk that way now, certainly younger than our generation. But to be honest, it, uh, older than our generation, it's a very, very rare attitude that now, I think. Yes, yeah. And also when you're you, thinking of your know, phrases like that, I mean, obviously <laughs> things like that would just not be acceptable to, for anyone to say. But this is something that we've we've spoken about quite a bit is historical context. Yes. And, and there are words and stuff that were used back in the day that we wouldn't dream of using now to describe any yes. any number of people. But um, it is true. We've all got some kind of bias built into us, but it's not. that's not Do born. Do you act on it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And I've said this many times before. The Simpsons is the, the one that <laughs> I always bring up as an example. The Simpsons is built on stereotypes. Hmm. That's what makes it funny because it's laughing... <sighs> The gross caricatures. Yes. It's as far as you can get down that particular route with people that are stereotypes coming out with things that those stereotypical people in the real world would never actually hmm. say. But there is a reason why stereotypes exist. It's because there has been a a common behavioural trait. It's like the British abroad were, you know, for a long time it was the British abroad were bowler hat wearing moustaches <laughs> and suits and with an umbrella furled <laughs> under your arm. Now I suspect the stereotype of the Brit abroad is somewhat different. Mm. I'm not proud of our colonisation <laughs> of the Spanish coast. Um, <laughs> Benidorm, oh dear, oh dear, I'm so sorry, Spain. It's, uh, I'll, I'll apologise for the sins of our past. But... I can't remember where the end of that sentence was going. <laughs> I, bloody hell, what's going on tonight? It's good gin. Well, I, I know what you mean with the, when you're talking about The Simpsons, and and obviously, particularly in recent years, there's been you The Simpsons contact. You can't do that. But yeah, like the character of Apu mm. is obviously, I mean, there was the thing which is a completely different debate, a different argument about that character wasn't voiced by an Asian person. Now, mm. that's something that's not about racism. That's just acting, uh, acting economics, you know. But his character and his, his sort of catchphrase of thank you, thank you, come again, comes from the fact that in America and, and in, England, in England, a lot of the people, the Asian or the you know people of Indian heritage did come over and bought shops where the service, the customer service was excellent. And so thank you, come again was probably quite a common thing. 
And that's not a harmful stereotype. And I think that people who try and twist it round... Well, it's historical revision again. I, I've mentioned it, I'm sure I've mentioned it before in a, a previous episode, but there's episodes of Only Fools and Horses where they refer, certainly in the very early series, where they refer to the packy shop on the mm. corner. It was just a description. It wasn't, there was no intent there to be... Obviously, people don't say that anymore. It's just not the done thing. But, you know, we called it when we were kids. But a lot of corner shops were Asian, and that's where the stereotype comes mm. from. There's no intent there to be offensive by that as a stereotype. I mean, you've got the... Um, even in the Windsors, last night I was I was watching the Windsors and the stereotype of the gypsy bringing home scrap metal and fishing tyres out of skips. It's a stereotype that is born from reality. It's not... I'm sure some people out there will crusade that that's a dreadful thing to say, but there's a reason that stereotype exists. Yes. Yeah, it's like when, not so much these days, but back in the day when gay characters in you know on TV in the 70s. Oh, weren't they Mr. Yeah. Humphreys? Yeah, exactly, Mr. Humphreys in, the, in Are You Being Served? And they were based on real people. They had those, yeah. um, that couple in... Julian and Sandy. Yes, in, uh, thank you. Round, round the, the horn, horn, yes. They were obviously based on characters or, you know, people that the writers had met or experienced and probably pulled together characteristics of various yes. other people. But that was a stereotype that fit. It, possibly looking back, if you now, if I was writing a sitcom and I introduced a, a gay character who was like that, then it might seem a little bit offensive. But at the same time, it's not 1970 anymore and things have moved on. And there are those, uh, I was about to say those types of gay. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, God, I'm just digging a deeper <laughs> hole here. But there are camp, effete uh, mm. gay men out there. They, um, I don't actually know any. Uh, you might possibly. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> yes. So it, it's not... It's not an unfair stereotype that that was a... It was just a trope to help the viewers at the time. Yes. Recognise. Now they don't have to be like that. Yeah. But at the time, they, it was a useful signifier that uh, something's a little different about this male character. Yeah. And notice that and lesbians... Well, lesbians, I don't remember being on screen that much, even in sitcoms, to be honest. The typical was cropped hair and dungarees. Mm. And Miz. That's not a stereotype, that's true. <laughs> the alarm. <laughs> Into the air raid shelter. <laughs> oh, it's been a while. It's... <laughs> that was a joke. Oh, I've lost my thread with this one. <laughs> the, the thrust of this episode, basically, is... I'm not trying to support, <laughs> you know, we should all uh, we should all embrace our own uh, stereotypes in our head, but they are there. And I think Avenue Q nailed that down really quite cleverly that actually, if you're honest with yourself, you've got your prejudices and your stereotypes and your, your instant trip switch when you hear or see a certain thing. Mm. But also, then recognising that can help you to stop and think about it. So mm. if... I mean, we do it at work. We have unconscious bias training. And that's one of the things. If you are interviewing two people for a job and one of them is from a particular race that you've got it in your head is inherently lazy, and it doesn't matter whether whether that's from your own experience or whether that's something your parents have taught you or or something that you've seen on TV, then you're not going to listen as much in the interview 
because you, you're probably going to give the job to the other person mm. who's not from the lazy race. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there are any lazy races, but but do you know what I mean? But by recognising, actually, I do have that bias. When I saw this person's name and I thought, oh, I, well, they're going to be lazy because of where you know, because of where their ancestors are from, then then it sort of makes you stop. So it, it can be helpful re- recognising your biases uh, isn't necessarily we're not saying embrace and release your inner racist and yeah. go on the rampage but maybe recognizing them is uh is not a bad first step yeah uh, dave smith from third earl of the callan estate is probably not <laughs> going to be the best uh, candidate for this job <laughs> occupation thief <laughs> when can you start <laughs> I've already started, so there's a laptop in my bag. Oh dear, we should have a, a, an offensive alarm. We're just gonna, this episode is just going to be a full of alarms. Uh, well, I am going to do something. Are you going to rate it in feather boas? That would help. I don't think it's actually that big a deal. It becomes a big deal when people actually externalise the, what did you call it, subconscious? Unconscious bias. I like the way that there's a training course for something you're oh, unconsciously it's doing. mandatory training as well. Your organisation is fucking <laughs> mental. Anyway, I just think, unless you are actually gearing your life, you know, you think, God, I didn't know I thought that way. Hmm. Best do something about that mm. and be even worse about it. <laughs> yeah, I think unless you do that, I don't think it's a big thing. Maybe three. I think part and parcel, just as you just said there, um, if you actually, the, the light switch comes on and you recognise actually, I didn't realise, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I did do that, don't I? You're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's not a big deal. It's something that probably not a lot of us would be willing to accept or shout about. Yeah. But yeah, it's a sort of recognising it is, is helping. So yeah, I'd go with three. Well, we're going to round us off with, unsurprisingly, Screening Queens. I'd suggest everybody goes out there and watches Avenue Q, <laughs> either on stage, which was, I, we absolutely adored it. It was a great performance. It was. But we talked about it on the night that I think it would make, and it could be done, a very good film. Mm. It have to be done Muppets-esque because all the actual performers of the puppets are clearly visible on yeah. stage, which sounds like it's terrible, but actually it works perfectly well. Yeah, it sort of adds an extra layer to yeah. the fun. But go out there and watch Avenue Q. It is there on the tube. Mm. And you'll get something from it because the tunes of the story is brilliant. But um, no, if you can, if you can find it live or a recording of it that you actually pay for and contribute to the artist, uh, <laughs> that that would be better, boys and girls. But yeah, that's my recommendation because it was bloody brilliant. Absolutely. And if you do see it live anywhere, let us know because I'd be happy to go and see it again. Yeah, I must admit, so would I. That's, that was great. Excellent. Right. Well, we will sign off and call it a day. Uh, we've got some excellent episodes coming up over the next, uh, whenever we get around, to we get around. around. <laughs> including either a very late Christmas special or a very early 2024 Christmas special. Yes, Christmas is just over a year away, so we'll be recording <laughs> that one soon. <laughs> excellent. We'll see you shortly then. Ta-ta. Bye.
little bit laces. Nine Bob Node featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.